Welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after Kansas kind of eked away a 24-17 win over Indiana State to kick off the Les Miles era of KU. And that was uh, that was an interesting game, to say the least. Uh, you kind of look at the, the trajectory of the game, kind of go through the first quarter. It feels like KU isn't necessarily kicking it in high gear, but they looked all right. The offense was all right. And the defense was able to hold its own, but all of a sudden there in the second half, things kind of just didn't go Kansas' way. You know, you have got two fumbles that Carter Stanley has that don't go his way. You've also got a busted coverage that leads to an Indiana State touchdown. You know, as the game kind of started to go along there, you kind of get a little bit of the Nichols State feel from last year, where even in that game, you know, Kansas led for most of it that Nichols had some big plays, but there's a feeling, you know, early on in the game, all right, Kansas is fine. You know, they'll be able to work through this. But then as the game kind of went on, it's like, uh oh, you know, this isn't looking good. And that's kind of what it felt like here for Kansas for a little bit there in the fourth quarter when Indiana State took a 17 to 16 lead over the Jayhawks. But Carter Shanley came back with a uh, a solid game winning drive, thanks to some big plays from some of his wide receivers as well. But kind of just starting off, I guess we'll talk about Stanley and his performance. He was named starting quarterback. That was um, something that happened. He uh, Prior to the game, Kansas puts the starters up on the video board for those in attendance to see who's starting. And in years past, it has not necessarily been the most reliable way of figuring out who the starters are. You know, in years past, uh, you know, it's been wrong starters that are on the board compared to the ones that are on the field. There was even one time, uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, where there was an injured player. That was on the video board. So you can't really necessarily, you know, go with what you see on the video board. And they actually put up Stanley and McVitie as the KU football starting quarterbacks. So the ruse of not wanting to tip anybody off to it went up until the first drive when Indiana State, I believe, won the coin toss. They deferred to the second half. And Kansas got a touchback, and Carter Stanley was the guy that led the team out there. Um, but personally, was I surprised? Yeah. I talked about it on the pod a couple days ago that I felt like Thomas McVitie was probably the best guy for the job. When you kind of take everything into account, the equity you spent trying to get him into Kansas, and by equity I mean scholarships, um, you know, because they are valuable for Kansas that is lacking scholarships right now. So when you take everything into account, it made sense if McVitie was a starter, but if you know if Carter Stanley won the job, he won the job. You know, there's no two ways about that. And even though his performance wasn't the best, he did his job. He read the game pretty well. I really thought in the first half, especially, I thought he read the game real well. He didn't force too many throws, especially in the first quarter, you know, those first couple drives. It felt like he did a really good job of just managing the game, managing the reads that KU was kind of given to him and let offensive coordinator Les Canning was giving to him. You know, there weren't really many throws that you're like, uh oh, you know, that wasn't a good throw or, you know, he leaves it short or overthrows a guy. You know, those throws kind of crept in in the second and third and even in the fourth quarter, honestly. Um, reading the game wise, I thought he did well, but for the actual throws that he made, um, I think there's room for improvement. Statistically, when you look at the numbers, I mean, it's a statistically a, a halfway decent performance. He, you know, throws for 241 yards. He goes 20 of 29 passing. So just over 68%, closer to 70. Um, 
two touchdowns. You know, he had a long throw of 32 yards to Andrew Parchment. Um, but even then, that throw to Andrew Parchment, he underthrew it. And Parchment had to come down with a great catch to come up with that play. So I just think that overall, you know, Stanley played okay. There were definitely moments where you're like, ooh, that was, you know, just some throws that he made. I counted, I think, four or five throws that were either underthrown, were bad decisions, or were um, overthrown. I specifically remember two where Stanley really tried to force a throw in there, and the uh, Sycamores of Indiana State were able to get their hand on the ball. I think going forward, you know, there are positives you can take from this performance for Carter Stanley. You know, again, the, reading the game aspect of it, not necessarily trying to do too much. But I think in general, you know, I would be a little concerned uh, going forward, especially just based off the performance you got here against what will most likely be probably the worst defense Kansas goes against this year. Those kind of the thoughts on the quarterbacks. I mean, also, there's the two fumbles, you know. There's the one on fourth down. You're just outside the red zone. I think K was on like the 23 or 24 yard line. Um, and they go for it on like a fourth and three when they're up. And I understand the reason to go to go for it then. Because at that point, you're pushing to make it. I believe it would have been a, uh, I think a three score game. Because I think Kansas was up nine at that point, I think. Um, the slight details are not coming back to me right now. But Kansas goes for it. They fumble the snap, or Stanley fumbles the snap. Indiana State recovers. You know, Earlier in the game, they went for it on fourth and one, and they got it because they brought in two extra offensive linemen to help get a push. So they'd shown that they could get those plays earlier in the game. It was just the snap kind of made it so it couldn't happen. And then you got that play in the back of the end zone where Carter Stanley, you know, Kansas is inside its own five, and Carter Stanley drops back to pass, and in attempting to pass, the ball just slips out of his hand. And it goes in the end zone. Indiana State recovers it. It's a touchdown. They then go up by one. And Kansas has, I believe it was um, around, I want to say, two. No, it was 424 to play before that game-winning drive from the K football offense. Um, and I'll use that as a segue to talk about the wide receivers because I thought your wide receivers just absolutely showed out today. You know, Andrew Parchment and my, Les Miles said it was a lights-out MVP performance. He was who my my post game focus was on. Uh, Parchment was, but even Damon Charlotte. I mean, he came up with the biggest catch of the game. Honestly, uh, he, that t- touchdown pass where Stanley kind of overthrew it, or sorry, underthrew it, because Charlotte had to kind of reach over his defender and over uh, the helmet to kind of make a really nice snag um, to put Kansas up. And then on that two point conversion, I loved that play. That was a play. That so Andrew Parchment runs reverse. The offensive line blocks to the left. Uh, Parchment's on the left. He runs across to the right. He does a really good job to stiff arm an unblocked defender, and then like in one motion is able to stiff arm the defender away. But then he's like falling back and is able to make the throw to Jack Wilboss in the end zone. That secured the win for Kansas. So I think overall, from your wide receivers, I'd be really encouraged going forward. I mean, even Stephon Robinson, you know, he only got. Uh, one catch, but it was a spectacular catch. Stanley overthrew the ball, and Stephon Robinson is like five nine, five ten. Um, just went up and got it over wide or over the cornerback that was taller than him, and he just went up and elevated and was able to you know hold on to it coming down. So overall, from the receivers, I'd be really encouraged going into next week's game and going forward that those are guys that can make plays for your offense. And as for the running backs, without Puka Williams, I thought they held their own. You know, Khalil Herbert looked good. Um, he had almost uh, 
80, so he had 88 yards total, an average of 5.2 yards per carry. That is what you want to see from Khalil Herbert. If he can get those the yards per carry numbers over four and a half, I think you're going to love what you see from Khalil Herbert. I thought he looked really good today. The first play from scrimmage in the Les Miles era, he took 33 yards, uh, which was really good to see early on. And there were definitely some lulls in the performance where Herbert wasn't able to get as much of a push, um, whether that be because of the offensive line, whether it because, you know, and Herbert said that the Indiana State defense started to switch up some looks on him. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see kind of looking back at the film later and see what those things were, if they were starting to stun or, you know, what things they were throwing at Kansas that kind of mitigated Clue Herbert later on in the game. But I mean, even from Dom Williams, um, you know, 45 yards, eight rushes, not necessarily... Um, or sorry, 34 yards on eight rushes, uh, 3.8 average. He had a big run that helped flip the field. Um, I can't remember the necessarily the timing of it, but he did come up with a run that helped flip the field for Kansas, um, which was good in the second half. But I think overall, offensively, I, I really struggled to try to make something out of this game. You know, this is not a good defense from Indiana State. It's an FCS team. They're not known as some juggernaut defensively. You should be able to put up more than 24 points. And I think going forward, I think you'd be surprised. If you're just setting an over-under for this season on how many times KU is going to score 30 points, I'd probably say, you know, it's going to be probably, if I set the over-under at three and a half, you'd have to go under. Like, I, I think Kansas scores 30 points three times this season. Like, I don't think it's going to be next week against Coastal Carolina. It's probably not going to be against Boston College at Boston College. You're probably looking at, dropping 30, maybe against a Texas Tech at home. Um, just that's going to be hard to come by, those type of games. So that's going to put a lot of pressure on the defense. And using it as a segue to the defense, I thought that there were some good things you could take away from the defensive performance. I thought Drew Prox looked really good in that middle linebacker spot next to Kyron Johnson. I think Kyron Johnson didn't necessarily come up with the the plays that will end up on the stat sheet, but I thought that Johnson did a really good job of kind of covering the middle of the field. There weren't a ton of plays where, um, you know, Indiana State had guys getting yards after the catch. It was a lot of catch and then tackle, which, you know, of course you can improve your coverage at that point, but, you know, there's still some positive you can take away from that, but you weren't getting beat badly and that there weren't really many big plays. Um, on the defensive line, Darius Morang played incredibly well. Um, he came up with one sack. He had seven tackles total. He's a guy that's going to be really pivotal for Kansas this year. In general, the defensive line did not look that great today. Uh, they didn't. They weren't able to get a big push. Jelani Brown at nose tackle, Darius Morang at uh, defensive end, and Sam Bird at defensive end. You know they really weren't able to cause a whole lot of problems. But I do also think that you have to take that with a grain of salt because you are in a three-four defensive scheme where you've only got three defensive linemen. So the other rusher is going to come from the linebacker. So those guys on the D line are going to have to eat a lot of double teams. So the production may not necessarily be there. So that's what makes kind of. Darius Moraney's performance, you know, that much better is the fact that he was dealing with some double teams at times. Uh, freshman Marcus Harris, I thought, looked pretty decent in his debut as a true freshman. I believe he came up with, yeah, he came up with one assisted tackle. Uh, in the secondary, Hassan Defense came up with a great pick six. Um, he was able to kind of read the play and talking to him after the game. It sounded like they had figured out that the I, or Indiana State quarterback was a one read and throw type of guy where he's going to basically stare down his receiver and then uh, go off of that and throw to either you know the two guys that are in the route tree out of that look. So 
he was able to sit back. He saw where uh, the quarterback's eyes were. And even though the wide receiver ran a different route, he was able to jump it, ran it back for a touchdown. Uh, he looked pretty good. I thought Corian Harris was all right um, in his debut. Uh, no pass breakups for him. But I think overall it was a, uh, a solid performance for KU's cornerbacks. The one issue I saw with the defense for Kansas today, outside of the lack of push or lack of pressure on the quarterback, was Mike Lee. Um, he was asked to play a little bit more in coverage, man-to-man, and I thought he did not look good, being blunt. Um, he was he tried to jump a route to get a pass breakup that ended up being a big gain for Indiana State. There was another one where he dove to try and get another pass breakup and missed. Um, I need to go back and look at the second touchdown that put Indiana State up, but I, I want to see if that was on him. You know, if that was on Mike Lee or if that was a busted coverage at the cornerback position, I'd have to look more in depth at that. But I think there's definitely room for improvement with Mike Lee, especially if he's going to play in your man coverage. He's got to be better. Um, he's always going to be good in the run game and making tackles and hunting down guys. But I think just in the open field, one-on-one, I think he just needs to do a better job of staying with guys. Um, moving on to some special team stuff before we kind of get out of here. But Kyle Thompson was really good today. Um, Three punts, 147 yards. He averaged 50 yards on the punt. Uh, so I think overall, good performance from Kyle Thompson. If he is going to, you know, if Kansas is going to be punting this year like they did last year, not maybe not to the necessarily to the degree that they punted last year because I think the games will overall have less possessions. But he's going to be a really important figure for flipping the field, and especially if Kansas is going to try and play this game where they try and run down the clock, shorten the game, maximize every possession. Having a punter like Kyle Thompson will be really important. And on that same note, if you're going to try and maximize every possession, you need to maximize every field goal opportunity that you have. And Liam Jones just did not do that today. Um, credit to him. Uh, he missed his first attempt, a 49-yard attempt, which, again, that's not close. But if you look at what Caves had in years past with Gabriel Rui, Rui was nails, just absolute nails every time he went out there. He did struggle early on last year, but by the end of the season, his percentages were up and they were looking good. So I think overall, you know, Liam Jones, he did bounce back and made one later on uh, in the second quarter, a 36-yard attempt. But I think overall, he's someone that is going to have to be better going forward because Kansas is going to need all the points they can get in the Big 12 that is going to be high scoring um, in games that where Kansas is not necessarily going to have a ton of possessions if they're going to go with a ground-and-pound approach. You know, Going forward this week, I'll be really interested to see kind of where the team is offensively and where they think they can improve. Uh, I'd be interested to see where they kind of feel like Puka Williams fits in and where Khalil Herbert's role kind of goes from here. Because, you know, you saw last year, Khalil Herbert in the first game got a ton of cut touches. But then as soon as Puka Williams came back, he had a bunch of single-digit touch touches games. So those are kind of things that I'm looking for. Um, defensively, I'll be interested to see kind of how they feel like they did rushing the passer and the areas of improvement they may see there. But overall, even though it wasn't a good performance. It's a win. And that's what matters. You know, you're, it's such a cliche, but you know, they're in the business of winning games. Less miles is and KU is, and they did that today. And that's all you can ask for. Even if it wasn't a pretty performance, I don't think, you know, you'd want this over a nickel state game. So I think overall it's good. And I'll be very interested to see that next Saturday, what the fam support looks like, if it's going to be packed. Cause there was a point today where, late in the second quarter where the stadium looked like it was getting kind of full, not anywhere near it was, you know, back in the 08, 
you know, years where it was getting sold out, but you know, it, it looked like a solid crowd and it was an 11 a.m. game. So, you know, maybe for the 6 p.m. kick, maybe there's even more people that come out, make a day of it, tailgate, you know, who knows? So that's going to do it today for the Fog.net podcast. As always, you can find all sorts of key football content on Fog.net. I've got a story up there right now about Andrew Parchment, his role with Les Miles and kind of his relationship with the rest of the team and kind of his performance in general. Scott Chasen has a really good story up on kind of the outcasts of the David Beatty era. And those are the guys that Les Miles relied on today. There's also going to be some more stories coming out next couple of days, and we'll have some more kind of leading up to the Coastal Carolina game. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at mswain 97 and you can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter at Chasen Scott. And with that said, we'll talk to you next Saturday.